Good morning to every one of you. We're going to continue our lesson in Second uh, Corinthians. We're going to be looking at again chapter five, and we're going to pick up at verse eleven. We left off last week at verse ten. We're going to pick up at verse eleven through twenty-one, and the authors have entitled our lesson "Ambassadors for Christ." Heavenly dwelling. Ambassadors for Christ. Basic doctrine. Heavenly dwelling. Ambassadors for Christ. All right. I'm given the warning. As uh, uh, Sister uh, Betty Ziegler would say, need to know. This is a lesson that all of us need to know because it answers the so what to those that were there after last week week's lesson uh, say, so what? Uh, we're going to get started. Ambassadors for Christ. Sister Callis is going to come and read for us this morning some passages of scripture. Um, and uh, just as a refresher, um, Sister Gwen uh, Thompson, would you uh, read where you left off last week? You left off at verse 10. I'd like for you to read that. And uh, Sister Callis is going to pick up at verse 11. As soon as she finishes verse 10, uh, Sister Callis, please start reading verse Second 11. 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God. And I trust also are made manifest in your conscience. Very interesting, powerful two scriptures there because we see the continuation from verse 10 to verse 11 where Paul has very meticulously laid out for us last week that there is an order to salvation, that you have been saved from the penalty of sin, that you are being saved from the power of sin, and that one day you will be saved from the very presence of sin, and uh, being saved from the penalty of sin is in fact justification, and being saved from the power of sin is in fact sanctification. And being saved from the presence of sin is glorification. And then all of a sudden, as Sister Gwen Thompson ended verse 10, Sister Michelle uh, immediately said, so what? And then she went on to say, Brother Bogan, now that you know this, now that you know that one day you're going to sit in the judgment seat. And now that you know that you were shared with last week, that you will be judged for what you've done in this body. Now that you know that, what you gonna do? Paul says, and takes time to share with us uh, and to the church at, Corinth, he says, knowing this, I've been 
calling. Knowing what God has done for me, I've been called. I've been called into ministry. I've been called into the ministry of persuasion. Because Paul is saying here, I don't want anybody to have to sit at the great white throne of judgment. And one of the ways to prevent that is to persuade, convince, persuade, persuade to the, to the uh, point of pistis, pistuio, that they fully understand and comprehend what this life of salvation is really all about. Because many of us, many of us, many of us, we have been taught and, and rightfully so that we have been saved from sin. But Paul introduces another idea here that I think you all need to carefully uh, consider. Oh, oh yeah. He, he says, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. See, we live in a culture that we think that, that everything needs to have a, 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 a psychological, emotional approach and that all of our problems will be solved if we can just get you right get you thinking right, get you acting right. But what Paul, the idea that Paul is introducing here is that God is totally righteous. God is totally holy. And that what you are really being saved from, what every sinner who does not know Christ is being saved from is the wrath of God the terror of God. We, 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 we like to have this little pity pat, patty cake uh, uh, religion uh, uh, where everything is nice, where we go here, nice little comfortable uh, 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 sermons and, and, and Sunday school lessons and, 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 and life group uh, passages about how good and loving God is. Yes, he is all of that, but God is righteous. And the terror of the Lord, that should be a, a, an innate fear of the Lord. And that fear is reverence because of his holiness. Paul saying, what you've been saved from is no joke. What you will have to be accountable for is no joke. And he says, now that I know this, I've been called to a ministry of persuasion. It is my duty. It is the duty of every blood-bought Christian on this Zoom call, Monty, to engage in evangelism, to engage in persuading those who do not know God in the pardon of their sin. It is our duty to persuade them. We've been called to a ministry of persuasion. So you're not just going to basic Christian doctrine. You're not going to 
evangelism 101 and evangelism 102 and 103 and 104 and 105 just so that you can hang a certificate on the wall. Paul's saying, you've been called to a ministry of persuasion and you need to persuade folk, Brother Bogan, that if you don't know the Lord, you're going to hell. Because the terror of God is absolute. He is all-powerful, omniscient, omnipotent, uh, uh, omnipresent. You need to persuade men of that. And Paul says, I'll defend my ministry because I know what God has done. I know what he has saved me from. I know what he has saved me from, and I know what he saved me to. And it is my job, it is the job of everybody who has received the gospel to persuade others. Oh, I know, you thought, oh, we pay Pastor Brown for that. We, 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 we pay Pastor Cobb for that. Oh, oh, we, 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 uh, we, we uh, con conscript Brother Sneed and Sister Ziegler uh, uh, to tell y'all that. But no, you've been called to a ministry of persuasion because once you know it, you got to share it. Verse two and three, uh, uh, the second and third verse, rather, 12 and 13. But we could, for we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion and glory on our behalf, that ye may have somewhat to answer them with glory in appearance and not in heart. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. Now, I know some of you think that, uh, uh, here we go again, uh, ministry of persuasion. Paul says, I'm not doing this just to be doing it. He says, I'm not doing it to get any glory. He says, I'm not doing it so that I can be seen. He says, first of all, I'm doing it that you would glory in the fact that one day somebody shared it with me and now I'm out here sharing it with them, that we would share in whatever glory that is, but it is God that will get all the glory. Paul then says in verse 18, now, I know some of the things I say. I've seen Sister Virginia's eyeballs roll back when I say it. She says, oh, here he goes again. This guy is acting crazy. Oh, oh, Dinga Newsom, I know it. First time Sister Marcia heard me in Raising Christian Doctor, she said, this man is crazy. Paul said it better than I could ever say it, Fred. He said, if you think I'm crazy, I'm crazy for God. And he says, if you think I'm sober, I'm in my total right mind. He says, it's all for you. He says, what I do in this ministry of persuasion is for the glory of God. And, and, and you may think I'm crazy. See, even, even, even a friend, Festus, the king had already said, you know what, Paul? You're a victim of your education. 
you've been educated beyond your intelligence. That's what the king told Paul. And, and see, these Corinthians, Brother Newsom, are beginning to say the same thing. But they're saying it a different way. They're saying, this boy's just a fool. And Paul says, whether Festus is right or whether you are right. Whether Festus says I'm a fool because I'm a product of my education or you say I'm just a plain fool. Remember one thing, I'm a fool for God. Because I'd already, I, I, I've already uh, uh, shared with you, for the preaching of the gospel is to them that perish foolishness. But to those of us which are saved, it is the very power of God. You think I'm a fool. I think I'm powerful. And I'm a powerful persuader because I've been called to do this. Because I know I've been saved from the wrath of God. Paul is saying to us, I was on the Damascus road. I got knocked off my high horse. God saved me from his wrath. God, 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 yeah, God saved me from my sin, but God saved me from God. Because God is no joke. And, and Paul says, as powerful as I can be, I'm going to be it. I've shared with many of you many times one of the greatest books, Sister Michelle. You 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 know about it. You went through at the time when they were we were offering in 103. Uh, we now do uh, conversational evangelism, but we used to say say it, but say it with love. But it's got to be said. We 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 don't want to preach and teach the gospel anymore. And and unless you are preaching and teaching the gospel, you will not persuade anybody. You can pass all the legislation you want. You can have all the mental health days you want. That won't do you no good. Because I'm going to tell you what, a person who does not know God is a dangerous person to both society and to themselves. Not as demonstratively as possible. I want to persuade anybody that does not know Christ to get to know him right now. Because Paul says, I know him. I know him and I know him in the power of his resurrection. That's what Paul said. And he says, if I've been called, this is what I'm going to tell you in a few minutes. If I've been called to, to persuade men, you've been called. You say you're saved? You say you want to duck and dodge and leave everything else to everybody else? Oh, no, let somebody else take the class. Let somebody else teach the class. Let somebody else lead. Let somebody else do this. No, you have a responsibility. Paul says, I'm in this ministry, and it's a ministry of persuasion. And you're going to think I'm a fool if I want to. Go on and ostracize me. Because Paul says, in verse 12, Sister uh, Michelle, she says, you judge a lot of folk uh, by the exterior stuff. The nice little flattering words, uh, Deacon Harmon. You know, the people who can hook it up real nice, you know, make it real uh, uh, cute for you and make your day. Oh, that just made my day. Well, I'm not trying to make your day. I'm trying to make your life better. 
because a day in this world won't do you no good. What about a day in eternity? That, that's what's at stake here. So we've all been called, Paul says, to ministry of persuasion. Verse 14 and 15 for me. We're going to see what other ministry you've been called into. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Uh-huh. Verse uh, 15. And that he... Tr- and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. That's interesting. Because now he seems to be suggesting, Monty, that for the love of Christ is what motivates him. See that word there, constrained? That, that, that's not the constraint that, that we using the English day with uh, today's English. That, 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 that's more of, that's the motivational factor. See, because you don't mind being a persuader when you know what God has done for you. Because the love that Christ showed for you should motivate you. Oh, oh, what, what love? Well, uh, if if, I, if I'm on the right Roman road, uh, I, I think over uh, in in on Eighth Street, in in on, on, uh, I think it's the no, it's it's the Fifth Street in the Eighth Block. It says, "But God commended His love toward us. But God commended His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, God loved us even when we were His enemies, folks." Paul says, that's what constrains. That's what pushes me. That's what motivates me. Because I know what God has done, is doing, and will do. Oh, let let, let me tell you, you know, on on Military Appreciation Day, it's a good day to know that it ain't your country that's holding you up. It ain't your degrees that's holding you up. It ain't your social status that's holding you up. It it is it it is is it is not uh, 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 the Constitution or this great body of military and civilian leaders that protect you every day. It is simply the love of God. It is the grace and mercies that Bogan put. So when you get so big and bad that you just think, you know, what what, what is it? What, what, what is it? Why, why do I have to love folk? You have to love folk because God loves you. And look at you. Look at you. You all can go to the mirror if you want to. You can drop Zoom, go to the mirror, or either take your computer and bring up your face. Oh, you all see y'all faces. You don't even need the mirror. God love you. And Paul says, that's what moves me. And he says, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we all were dead. If one died for all, well, all had to be dead. 
which suggests if you don't know Christ, you're dead. And you don't even have to suggest it then because the scripture is clear that we were dead in our sins, that we are dead in our sin. Our sin nature condemns us to death. Uh, Granddaddy Adam ensured that. Oh, come here. What, 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 do I, what do I need a Roman when I went? Oh, it's that Roman over on the fifth street in the 12th block. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world. And therefore, death by sin. For all have sinned. Paul here is saying, it is love that motivates me. Because I understand that Christ died for me. He loved me so much. When I was dead, Christ came and died for me so that I might live. That's love. And he says, and based on that, I've not only been called to minister uh, to be a minister of persuasion, but I've also been called to be a minister of love. Verse 15. Verse 15. Yes, sir. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. All right. Thank you for verse 16, too. But verse 15, we're going to part right there. Because in a ministry, the ministry of love, you got to fully understand why this is a ministry of love, Sister Obertree. This is a ministry of love just because of what Paul said. He says, and that he died for all that they should live. Not unto themselves. That's why this life that you have now, it's not your own. You're not to live it and just, you know, you know, get, get eternal life and then not open your hand and extend it. Paul says Christ died for you so that you would be saved from your sin, from the wrath of God, so that you would persuade others in love that you wouldn't judge them, you wouldn't hate them because they ain't got it yet. Your job is to persuade them in your ministry of persuasion. Your job is to love them. Your job is to extend your life, spend a lifetime sharing the gospel. What else you got to do? You know, Deacon Newsom, before COVID, I mean, it was so hard to assemble folk. And it's getting that way again. It used to be, Deacon Harmon, that, you know, you could say, hey, uh, we want to meet and do such and such. Ah, uh, you know, I'm, hey, let me look at my calendar. Everybody got a calendar. Everybody got something else to do when it comes to helping other folk. When it comes to 
uh, uh, performing the ministry that you've been called to do. And so far, we've seen that you've been called to persuade and you've been called to love. Just love, folk. This ain't your life. Oh, yeah, okay. You wanted to go see the Spurs. Okay. I, I bet you in 2020, you didn't go see them on TV. Could have done that too. Oh, no, no. We, 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 we've got a fellowship under the bridge. Oh, no, dang, they got a two o'clock game. No, can't go. This life is not yours, what Paul said. Paul's saying that Christ died for all of us. And that if you believe that and have accepted him, you've been called into this ministry of love and love saying that you share your life. This is just ain't about you. Now, Sister Michelle, indulge me again and read verse 16. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Mm -hmm. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. <laughs> That's a very interesting dynamic there. He's saying that you don't you should not judge anyone by his flesh because flesh are food. Paul says, we, and the we there is not you and I. It is for, uh, 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 the, the we there is that proverbial we that, 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 that is specific to a group of folk who knew Christ in the flesh. And he says, we shouldn't see men in their flesh just as we no longer can see Christ in the flesh. Did, did, did you get that, Sister Gwen? In other words, we, 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 we should know, we shouldn't view men in the flesh. We should see men and women as God sees them. Doesn't have anything to do with your socioeconomic status. Doesn't, 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 doesn't have anything to do with your, your ethnicity, the color of your skin, the color of your hair, how you dress. Has nothing to do with that because those are the things that we judge men by. He says the only way to see men is how Christ sees them. And for this reason, this is one of the reasons over in John that, that, that Christ said, Sister Uncle Tree, I got, I got to go. This is, this is why I got to go. Because you guys will still hang on to the flesh. Flesh will fool you. You've got to love folk for what you don't see. Oh, they didn't want to hear that. I'm sorry. Okay. Does that mean I have to get, oh, am I supposed to get off now? I think the census says that I, I can't say that. They, they say that I can't. I can't. I, I, I got to go. I'm sorry. I, I guess I've been fired. But I've been called to love you. We say it. We say it with love. And no matter how animated, how much personified the speech, 
Paul is here trying to make a convincing argument that you've got to persuade folk and you've got a part of that uh, 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 ministry of persuasion is that just, just show love. He's saying, but never forget, you show love, but you got to give the gospel. You've got to share what God has done for you. You got to let other folk know that. And it would suggest the antithesis of this is if you don't share the gospel and you know the gospel, if you don't share Christ and you know Christ, you don't love people. That's a terrible indictment. You've been called to this ministry of love. But not only have you been called to the ministry of persuasion and the ministry of love, Paul then goes on to tell us something else that we've been called to. Verse 17, if you would, uh, Sister Michelle. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You know, I love how people uh, uh, misapply this verse here. I, I, I really do. It, it, it's, it's, it, 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 it really tickles me when it... Paul says that you were something once that you are no longer. And he does it from the perspective of creation. Listen to this. He says, you've been called to judge the, not the flesh. You've been called to judge something else. And, and I, I, I thought about it. And last week's lesson, last week says, lesson, one of the passages of scriptures, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We have been called to take down this mortal body and put on an immortal body. So Paul here is saying, verse 16, start looking at people in that way. Have a new perspective because you are new. But he says there is a condition. If any man or woman, be in Christ, he's a new creature. That old shucking and jiving that you used to do, that, that's, that's past. Paul would later write, he says, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I spoke as a child, but I'm a full grown man now. Those childish things are now past. Paul says, if you've been called into the ministry of persuasion, if you've been called into the ministry of love, you gotta, you should be changing your thinking. I already told you, you need to look at people differently. You ought to look at people the way that God sees them because you have new sight. 
you have new insight. Verse 17. Uh, 18, I'm sorry. 18, and all no, things sisters. are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Paul says in verse 17 that you have been reconciled. You, you know how God reconciled you? He started over with you. And he says, because he started over with you, reconciling you. Oh, y'all don't see the reconciliation. I, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I, I failed, I failed in my duty. The reconciliation was out there on Calvary when Christ is shedding his precious blood, God is reconciling himself to you. And now Sister Michelle reads that you are to reconcile. You ought to have a ministry of reconciliation. What's <laughs> neat? How, how, how do I do that? Uh, verse 19, uh, Sister Michelle. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the word unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Yes. That's how God did it. And he says, we ought to have the same pattern. Let's, let's look at that, 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 that middle part of that verse. It says that God was in Christ and not imputing their transgression, uh, their trespasses. You know, you know what that means? Let's start and pick up the pen again. That means that you forgive. That, that the only way to reconcile is forgive. The, the only way to reconcile is to forget. You, you, you're talking about you want to be like Christ? You, you've got to learn to be hurt. See, because Paul had already said, I love you guys. And I understand that you don't particularly care for me because you think I'm crazy. I, don't, I, I, I know that, you know, there are a lot of other guys that, that, that teach this nice, flattering teaching, this pablum puking gospel. Paul says, I, I know all of that. I, I know you're trying to figure out what kind of glory can you get in suffering. And all you've been talking about, Paul, the last few weeks is your suffering and your trials and your tribulations, you know. He says, but you know what? He says, the only reason I do this is because what Christ did for me on the cross. Christ forgave my sins. And if you're going to be engaged in a ministry of reconciliation, you've got to forgive other folks' sin. You want to nail everybody to the cross and you want everybody to forgive you. So Vanessa, you did, did, did you hear what I said? Oh, that, 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 that blessed a whole bunch of people. 
That even blessed Keith Edmondson. I, I saw him take off his hat. When, when I said that, he took off his hat. Because guess what? That's what it's all about. God forgave you. God loved you. God was willing to reconcile with you. He says, you are to reconcile with others. And you've been given a ministry of reconciliation. You've been given a ministry of bringing people back together. You've been given a ministry of putting things back together. Now, let me tell you something. As a new creature, uh, that's a tough task. But it can be done. It was a tough task for God. When God, understand this, God is the creator of the universe. And it says over there in Genesis, the last time I checked, that from nothing, Terry, God made something. Do you realize it is harder for reconciliation to make something again? or make something new than it was to make it from the beginning? You wanna know why? Because see, from the beginning, there was nothing and nothing is passive. Oh, no, oh, Terry J, come on, come on. You're going to Ecuador now. You gotta, you gotta see that one. The light bulb's gotta go on. That, 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 it was easier for God to make something out of nothing than it was to make that which had been made into something new. Because in making it out of nothing, there was no resistance. But the devil now, oh, he knows what you can become. He knows the threat that you are if you become a new creature. If you start thinking differently, if you start giving and forgiving, if you start persuading, giving and forgiving. So there's a lot of resistance. But God has done it because it says in Christ, God in Christ was reconciling the world. And so God in you, because we already said, once you're saved, you're instantly indwelt with the Holy Spirit. God in you gives you the power, gives you the motive, gives you the pressing to reconcile. So Paulette, this is serious this morning because it's some fault. They said, well, you know, you know, I, I, I'll speak the gospel, but I just can't forgive her. Oh, oh, oh yeah, uh, you know, I, I love everybody, but I can't forgive. Sounds to me, says Vanessa Paul saying, you can't, you won't do either of the two. If you're not willing to reconcile. Because guess what? You don't have to reconcile folk that have been saved. You don't have to persuade folk that have already been saved. You have to persuade folk that haven't been saved. 
So if you're not willing to forgive someone, what if they're unsaved? That means that you're not willing to engage in the ministry of persuasion, love, or reconciliation for that person. In other words, you're telling that person, go on to hell. That's tough. Because Paul here says, don't, don't act like there's certain folk that you're not willing to witness to, that there are certain folk that you're not willing to forgive. He says, the only way that some folk will be forgiven if they get saved, according to you. God says, I died for the sins of many. But God is fully aware that many will not accept that salvation. But he says, there are those that will, and it's up to us. And you won't like all those folk. That's why you start in Jerusalem, go to Judea, go to Samaria, and go to the uttermost parts of the world. In this ministry of reconciliation. Do you think we would have as many church breakups as we do if we had a ministry of reconciliation? If we just had a ministry, instead of a golf ministry, instead of a, 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 a life group ministry, if we just had a ministry of reconciliation. Verse 20 and 21, because they're ready to go to military appreciation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I, I like how Paul uh, set that up. Because, so first of all, Sister Gwen, he says, you got to do it. And he says... Let me remind you. Let me take one parting shot as I go. He says, you're an ambassador for Christ. You ought to like, act like an ambassador. Do, do you think that, <clears throat> I don't think there's one over there right now. It may be this place, but there's one aside. But do you think the ambassador of Russia would go on Russian TV and says, you know what? My country is such and such, such. The people of the United States is this and the people of the United States are that. They're the worst people in the world. Do you think the ambassador for the United States would do that? It's Military Appreciation Day. And many times we've been called uh, ambassadors to the world as we represent our country, as we serve in various uh, nations of the world. Well, we are ambassadors for the kingdom. We're ambassadors for Christ. Our lives need to represent that. And you know what ambassadors do? Ambassadors persuade. Ambassadors persuade foreign governments, you know, people who don't know you, to better know you. So as ambassadors of Christ, our jobs are 
to reconcile folk. Just as Christ, God was in Christ reconciling the whole world to himself in that Christ died for us, there's some things that you have to give up. There's a lifestyle that you need to avoid in order that you represent. And it don't look good when those who have been reconciled can't reconcile one with another. Sister Pillow, I'll just talk to you. They, 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 it don't look good. It's not a good look. It's not a good look when you can't forgive. It's not a good look when you won't persuade. It's not a good look when you won't love. Because that's what you've been called to do. We're ambassadors for Christ. We're not ambassadors for the Jane Bogan Society of Leadership. We're not ambassadors for the George Stalins uh, Say It All. And we're not ambassadors for the Erskine Seeley uh, Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud. We, we're not ambassadors for that. We're ambassadors for Christ. We will persuade those who do not know Christ so that they will know him. We will love everybody, those that know Christ and those that don't. And we will do our very best to reconcile, to do the things that will necessarily bring folk to Christ and to maintain unity in the body of Christ. Because in the end, we are just simply ambassadors of Christ. Thank you for your time. I'll see you guys next week. See you in church. <laughs>